to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. And I'm Tammy. And I actually managed to introduce the right podcast this time. Listeners, <laughs> letting you see behind the curtain. I'm very tired and introduced the wrong podcast a moment ago. But luckily, my guests were here to bring me back to sanity. <laughs> Thank you, guest. This week we have special guest Brad. Me. And... And Paul. Hi. I, I rarely guest on anything any longer, but here I am. Well, because you have podcasts of your own. I have eight. And podcasting is, a, is a, like a full-time business. Yeah, and, and two children helps uh, or, or hurts or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and a cat. Yeah. And a cat and two dogs. Yep. Yeah, it's a busy life. It's, uh, it's very demanding. I have none of those things, but I just have too many hobbies and jobs. You know, actually, I, 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 uh, my the the podcast that I previously finished, I, I originally had you uh, almost locked in to, to to participate in as a host. Do you recall that the uh, Ghostlight podcast? Oh, almost, but I still have not seen this show. Ah, uh, yes, I've I still not watched it. Slings and arrows, very there good. Are two, guys, oh, there are so too good. many shows out there to watch. There are too many shows and not enough time. And I've just found out that Black Mirror Season 4 is going to be out on 29th of December. So I know what I'm going to be doing on New Year's Eve. I'm going to be watching Black Mirror and uh, having a very, you know, apocalyptic New Year's Eve, I think. Watching that with a mate of mine. But, yeah, too much good TV. Uh, speaking of which, Brad, I was just telling Tammy that... Uh, there is going to be a spin-off of Riverdale called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that's coming out on Netflix. What? I didn't know really? if you knew this news. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't know it. This is great news. <laughs> <laughs> the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Uh, can't wait. Yeah. Uh, let's give you guys some other news relating to The Defenders. So, uh, I'm kind of happy and, and worried about this news. Uh, and that is that um, Alice Eve has been cast in Iron Fist Season 2. Um, I'm happy because she's an awesome actress, but I'm worried because I have, much in that I I constantly get Christopher Plummer mixed up with, um, oh, what's his name? Von Sydow. Him. Max Von Sydow. Yes, Max Von Sydow, sorry. And Gary Busey mixed up with Nick Nolte. I have total like actress blindness with Alice Eve and constantly get her mixed up with Rachel Taylor in my head who currently stars in Jessica Jones as Trish. Oh. And now oh. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be watching Iron Fist and going, oh, yeah, so this is what, why is Trish doing this? Why is Trish making out with Danny Rand or whatever <laughs> she's doing? Why is Trish doing this? I, I have total actress blindness. It's terrible. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to rein me in, Tammy, on that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll they, do my best. <laughs> thanks, mate. I, I knew I could count on you. Um, Marvel have said that Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is coming out next year, is going to be Marvel's first romantic comedy. I don't know how I feel about this. What? Yeah. So it sounds interesting. I mean, I'll I'll watch it, so I guess it doesn't matter. (laughs) I like the first one. Um, The Fox and Disney deal, as far as I know, so with uh, Disney buying out Fox, which would mean Mm. they would own the X-Men and um, Deadpool and things like that. As far as I know, it's not definite. I've seen one source saying that's a done deal, but I've not seen anything that looks official. So from what I understand, it's still going back and forth, but they it seems to be they want to do this deal before the end of the year, Disney does. So that's still a possibility. We might have X-Men running around in the Marvel Universe, MCU, which, yeah, 
maybe. Okay. Okay. I mean, they might, or they might just keep them separate entities and whatever. I mean, the, the X Men are so big. I just can't see them. Yeah. In the MCU as well. Yeah, you know? that's the thing. I I don't know if they would want to combine them, or if it's just more profitable to leave them as separate entities. I yeah, think it just maybe. takes away some of the headaches of all the ancillary characters and villains. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. now it's yeah. just so complicated who owns what and what goes where. It means as well the MCU could use Doctor Doom, and that would be amazing because he's yeah. an awesome villain. So, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of Disney as well, uh, announcements. Um, so there was the obviously the news about Disney's doing their own streaming service mm. and removing its films from Netflix. Yeah. So I found an article on comicbookmovies.com which says that they the Marvel characters on Netflix, so the Defenders characters, might be staying. But uh, I'm basically going to read the whole thing to you. It's not that long, and hopefully this will make sense. So it says, Disney is in the process of removing all of its films from Netflix and rival online streaming services because the company has one of its own currently in the works. One thing we have been wondering is what that means for characters like Daredevil, The Punisher, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. They don't say Iron Fist, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> With the prevailing opinion being that they'll all make the leap to Disney's unnamed streaming service instead. Well, Netflix content chief Ted Sarandis has shared his thoughts on any potential complications in regards to the future of the Defenders, revealing to investors that the company has the rights to keep the series on the service presumably because they invested in them. And that could mean they'll produce more shows featuring them. That, seems, uh, that however, seems unlikely as they'd need Disney's say-so. Uh, and then he says, quote, What Disney um, going direct-to-consumer means, I don't really know, and I'm not positive that they do either, he explained. Quote, They've created some really killer brands. It's not that exclusive. Netflix has the Defenders. So then uh, they say in this article, if Disney does pull the plug on the future of the Defenders, that could mean characters like Daredevil and the Punisher will soon be brought to the big screen, possibly with new actors. Sarandis concluded by saying that while Disney owns Marvel, they don't own all of Marvel's IPs outright. And that can be read in one of two ways. Either Netflix will maintain the rights to the Marvel shows they've already produced, or they'll look to work with rival studios Fox and Sony Pictures to bring those characters to the small screen. Hopefully, more details on this will be revealed shortly. So they want to go. They they, they might want to go with the uh, big screen versions with new actors that, that works so well over in DC so much. <laughs> exactly, and it's worked so well, and they've done a Punisher movie three times already. That uh, article movie. That article sounds like so much speculation. It's barely an it's, article. I think it's a yeah. lot of speculation. It's just because um, obviously we've been chatting a lot about it, and there's so there's a quote from you know actually someone at Netflix then. Um, but I mean, um, what I would hope for would happen is that, you know, uh, Netflix own, um, you know, they own the defenders, um, as shows cause they've invested in them they part own them, but they would need Disney say so to, to do more of them and that they could work with Disney and maybe have it on both streaming services. I don't know, maybe do that. So they both benefit cause they've been so successful like the shows. I don't know if it would work like that though. It's all money, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how beneficial it would be to well either of them if they were to split it and show it on both. I they wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I, it would yeah, happen. because that doesn't sound 
like smart business. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about smart business. I would be really sad <laughs> if they um if they got new actors to play those roles though. Well, yeah, I mean they, they, I could see them splitting it if it was the fact that uh, you know Comcast carries Disney faster and uh, and another provider carries Netflix faster. Oh. Cuz there's that whole net neutrality I, thing going down. Oh yeah. I can't keep track of that either. It's like so much going on. Um, what if they just replaced Danny Rand? I mean, you know, <laughs> would that be so terrible? With Dan Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you want him in everything. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> oh, good. They could replace him with David Tennant. I wouldn't mind that either. David Tennant could be a hero and a villain. Aww. I don't know how I'd feel about David Tennant doing Kung Fu. It might be hilarious. Kung Fu, Kung Fu, Kung Fu. Um, yeah. Oh, poor David Tennant. He's the one of the only doctors who didn't get to keep his natural accent, uh, his lovely Scottish accent when he was the doctor. And now um, they've got Jodie Whittaker, and she's going to have a Yorkshire accent as the doctor. And I'm like, oh, they didn't get let David Tennant be his sexy Scottish self, did he? Did they? Well, anyway. well he used to be Scrooge McDuck now. So. Oh yeah, the ultimate Scotsman. Exactly. <laughs> um. I can't remember if we mentioned it last week about the Avengers Infinity War trailer because I can't actually remember when it hit. Um, but have you guys did, seen it? But you said you didn't watch it. You were you were, you refused to watch it. Oh yeah, I did refuse to watch it. That's right. But have you you guys have seen it now? I watched it, but like everything, I don't remember. I watched it last <laughs> week. How am I supposed to remember it this week? Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I haven't yeah. actually watched it. That, that's why I don't feel like they contain any kind of spoilers or taint me in any way because I'm not going to remember good. it. So. <laughs> good, good. I've been trying to avoid news for it. I was at the cinema tonight and um, uh, the the final trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi came on and I was like sitting there going, la, 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 yeah, la, I don't want to know. It's hard to avoid those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's impossible. It was like, and we were sitting in the front row. It was like massive in front of me. I was like, no, no, no spoilers. Um, anyway, that is the news for this week, as far as I can tell. Uh, uh, and this, Ag oh. Agents of Shield started back up, and it was really good. And there's a really pretty guy on it now. <laughs> oh yeah, who is this pretty guy, Tammy? Uh, Jeff Ward. He plays a character called Deke. Hmm. So and isn't I, it I Agents of Shield in space. In in space in the future. Oh, okay. future space. I'm not they, only like four seasons behind, so you know. They, they tried to make it like this big reveal in the episode. It's like, mm, I don't know. I feel like you guys time traveled. Mm, I think you guys time traveled. Oh, you guys now realize you time traveled. Okay, cool, <laughs> great. Uh, but yeah, this one of the new actors is, that joined the cast is very pretty. Oh, I'm glad you have some eye candy in your agency. <laughs> If I got if I get it in Punisher uh, with Billy, then I can get it in Agents of Shield as well. Oh, Billy! <sighs> anyway, oh, Billy. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Billy. We'll talk about Billy. Okay, so this week we are covering episode four, Resupply, uh, written by Dario Scardapane. Scardapane. Dario Scardapane. As as always, I'm terrible with pronunciations. And directed by Carrie Skogland. Uh, synopsis for that one is Madani and Sam plan a delicate operation. Curtis tries to connect with Lewis and Frank encourages Micro to get his hands dirty. And episode five, Gunner, um, written by Michael Jones Morales and directed by Dibla Walsh. 
I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, synopsis, Frank and Micro go looking for answers from a reluctant witness. Madani and Sam learn of a looming investigation and Rawlins sees a ghost. Um, now, Paul and Brad, I should ask, have you, where are you up to in your watching? Have you seen any episodes past these ones? No, I have just watched these episodes and stopped. I, I have watched all five episodes of The Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> all five? Yep. All okay. five. Are you, do, you, do you quit now, then? Yep, I'm out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Oh, but, but Brad, Billy's so pretty. Come on, Brad. <laughs> Uh, it's okay. <laughs> was it after that sex scene you were like, well, now I've seen true beauty on screen. <laughs> Nothing is going to compare. <laughs> okay. So um, as as we now do, we're going to go through the characters and we'll sort of jump back and forth between episodes. So feel free to do that. There is no rhyme or reason. Uh, go crazy. However, I am going to start by us talking about Frank and the first thing I'm going to say is Turk! Yes. Because we get yep. the appearance of Turk. And it's so exciting. Yeah, he's um he's everybody's favorite punching bag. Who has he not been beaten up by now? It's Jessica he's not been beaten up by Jessica Jones or Iron Fist, I think. Is that it? He's been beaten yeah. up by Daredevil and Luke Cage. Was he in Iron Fist? I feel like he was. Yeah, I, I can't he remember. Was in Fist, uh... Yeah. I can't remember his role in Iron Fist. Anyway, but yeah, he played Turk. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you know what I mean. I need Jessica Jones to beat him up now. He needs to get beaten up, and then he needs to get thrown through the window of um, Josie's bar. Yeah. yeah. But I, I I love it when when um, uh, Turk shows up. He's so great. Yeah. Uh, but this kind of like starts the whole plot line about the weapons shipment coming from the Greeks, and how. Frank and Micro are after Frank wants his guns back. So it was just that like O'Connor just... last week at the group. So was mm-hmm. that like the only reason that they were stopping this gun trade thing is just so they can get guns? Yeah. Was yeah. that it? Yeah, Frank wants Okay. Can you see how, how lovingly he <laughs> was sorry. doing he, he was, was doing his little so wall so display good. later with his guns. He was like, I love this gun and I love this gun and I love this gun. But like <sighs> That okay, that bothers me. That whole like plot, that whole storyline was almost the entire episode. I just thought maybe it would lead to something else, and then it didn't. <laughs> and then I was like, "All right, okay." Hey, hey, so we uh, spent a whole entire episode on this. Just, I mean, he could have like robbed any place to get guns. Like, he could have just followed Turk around and got more guns. <laughs> Tammy, where where <laughs> would he get guns? Where would he get guns in America? Yeah, hard to come by. <laughs> if the Greeks don't have them, how is he supposed to get them? <laughs> That's the problem with all these Greeks bringing the guns into America. <laughs> I've, al- I've always said the biggest problem with guns in America is clearly the Greeks. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot to answer for, Jason Manzukas. I'm calling you out. Well, that no, was that was a really sweet peak gun that he that he got off Turk though. Oh, it was. It was. I don't. Yeah. Sweets. I would have liked to see him running around with that. Sweet that would sixteen been... special. Yeah, that is disturbing. Oh, daddy, what I want for my sweet sixteen is a pink gun. That's very no. believable. See, yeah. see, see oh, Brad's comments on guns in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, this is all. As I've said before, like the whole gun thing is kind of alien to me. Um, you know, we just we don't have them over Lucky. here. 
yeah, we just have lots of knife crime instead and people driving cars into other people, um, you know. Uh, but with this, this um, you yeah, know, him going and stealing the guns is uh, we get, you know, him now, Madani knows that he's alive, Tammy. I, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I'm, like, really irritated now. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah I, mean, that, it's, I guess. It's pretty, I, it's pretty key because, you know, she's, he, he's definitely a focal point. So someone that she knows was part of that uh, that whole. Uh, yeah, I thing. know. It just could have. I, I I just think that this was like to me. Then this has just become a filler episode. This whole thing. It's a heist episode because yeah. I I guess, but for no good reason. Like it easily could have. They could have gotten guns easily somewhere else. And Madani definitely, as close as she already was to figuring out that Frank was alive. She had called Karen in, like she knew he was alive. So I don't. She knew think he was, that al- was but necessary. she called Karen in after she saw him, didn't yes. she? Yeah. Or was it before? Yeah, yeah, but I, I think she would have. She was already on to him. Yeah, I she could have just been better at her job and found out he was alive. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, in town more, because she just got back into town and she's already pretty much figured out that he was probably still alive. I. Yeah. I just, uh, what a waste. He's sorry, guys. I, I will, I will defend, no pun intended, this episode. (laughs) Just for the fact that I love the car chase later. I think that was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it was a fun car chase. Unnecessary, but fun. It was a fun heist, (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. Also, you, uh, in this episode with Frank, Tammy, you hear Frank talking about cleaning guns is like looking after a dog. Mm. You have a dog, Terry. Oh. Yeah, that's true. I have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit like, uh, no, Frank, no. <laughs> with episode episode four was when I realized, oh, I'm done with the show. Um, yeah, was it a particular be- moment? Well, I don't. I, I mean, there's a lot of moments. There's a lot of moments. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, okay, I had watched. I think the first. Uh, I had watched the first episode, and I was like, all right, this show could be interesting. Um, and then I was like, oh no, I'm going to be on this podcast. I got to catch up. <laughs> and then I watched three I of we, them. We told you that, on Sunday. Yeah, that was, yeah. That, I think that was part of your downfall, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I finished episode four and I was like, oh crap, I still have to watch another one. Um, so I did that last night under duress. Um, yeah. You were held yeah. down. I, yeah, no. It was, I, I, I will say this was the first show that out of all the Netflix shows that I had to take a break in the middle of watching them all, because usually I marathon them all, I had to take a break for this because it was too much. Because <laughs> it's quite, it's a bleak show, and a lot of it is reflecting stuff, obviously going on at the moment in yeah. reality. And I was just like, I can't. I need, to, I need a, I need to, I need to watch some puppies or kittens or something, you know, um, just to have a break from it because. Um, a lot, and I've heard other reviews say that as well. Like Kevin Smith joked about, you know, it's a it's a bleak fucking show, and you need a break in the middle of it. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I just think as a whole, I don't think. I mean, I I've never I've never been big on the Punisher as a character. Mm. I get, I I like the idea like of 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 bring the Punisher into something because it, he's an insane character and all hell breaks loose when he arrives which is why mm-hmm. it's fun to have him pop up you know in your spider-man comic book or whatever um 
but like on his own, like it's like you could have a real specific story, and you got to really work to make him the good guy, I guess, mm-hmm. because it's hard to have any sympathy at all for no, any of these characters. Micro microchip is the only character that I can somewhat have some sympathy for. Well, his wife. Yeah. What about Sarah? I mean, ah. <laughs> uh, Sure, I guess, but she's barely, I mean, she's barely a character in the show. What about Madani? No. Don't care. <laughs> I love her. I love her. No, and I, I don't know if we're supposed to think the Punisher is a good guy. I don't think I, know, I don't think we're supposed to think yeah. he's a good guy, but I no. think we're supposed to sympathize. Like, in, in Daredevil, oh, it's I, like, I felt bad for him. I sympathized. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this guy's a fucking monster, but he's got a brain damage where he literally can't get over this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, this is one of the things I think is strange about with this show. We never get mention of the fact that he was shot in the head. No. Like, it's never so brought up that he was shot in the head. And like, that was, like, the first time everyone thought he was dead. But I'm just surprised they never bring it up as, oh, this guy could well have brain damage. I yeah, found that really like, strange. The, like, there needs to be more of the... Of, of the mental issues going on that's making him like this and a story that makes him somewhat sympathetic because mm-hmm. I just, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing mm-hmm. here. No, I, I, I think um, any sympathy I have for the character comes from John Bernthal's performance. And I think he puts more into, um, into, I get more layers for the character than he's in the writing or the character by himself, if that yeah. makes sense. It's a good um, performance. It's a good oh, yeah. Performance. I mean, he's he's great. Yeah. But this is, um, I, I agree in that he's a character that's very hard to to he, root for. Because basically it's has the to same make... problem, like, I sorry, sorry, right. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, saying about um, characters that I don't really feel need a, a show of their own. And one yeah. was Punisher and one was Elektra. Because I think... I just don't feel like they're characters you really root for. You get behind. Yeah, I think I think Punisher. You basically have to put him in a scenario where everyone else is so fucking awful mm-hmm. that you just want him to come in and fucking clean the deck yeah. and watch him get out of the situation. Yeah, and, and they haven't done that here, at least not yet. I don't think they can. <laughs> like it's it's not a realistic thing that can be done. Like, I mean, unless you're going to, like, a Quentin Tarantino level of insanity. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> maybe, maybe Django and Change is the best Punisher yeah. story. Yeah. Quentin yeah. Tarantino can come in and do Punisher. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard that Quentin Tarantino has an idea for a Star Trek film and wants to direct it? Ugh, that, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, what? <laughs> no way. Um, what do you think, Paul? Of a uh, Star Trek, uh, Tarantino Star Trek? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I think, I think, you know, for Punisher after after episode three, Kandahar, I would think it was that that could have been where I would have dropped off. Other than I was watching these two for this show, but these two really redeemed it for mm-hmm. me. I really thought there was a lot more uh, interplay between the drama and the action, and uh, I, I, I appreciated that a lot more. Uh, but yeah, Punisher, I don't. He's definitely not a good guy. But yeah, you you need him to uh, you need him to be me- uh, messing with people that are far worse in order for you to really root for him, like uh, like Brad was saying for sure. And I'm not sure if they can prove that Agent Orange is much worse than he already seems to be, and he doesn't seem bad enough. 
Bruce, yeah, and maybe, we have things. Oh, sorry, go go on, Tom. I was gonna say maybe like I'm, again because you know I've only seen through five episodes, so maybe once he starts dealing more with Agent Orange, because we only got a hint of it at the very end of episode five. So maybe once that happens, then I'll enjoy it more because I like the fifth episode a lot better than this one. Um, but right now the only person he's really messing with is micro and like flirting with his wife and like going and seeing his wife. I don't know. I don't, and I don't like, yeah. And it's not even funny or cute. Like it's just irritating. I don't like him doing that. It feels like like a serial killer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He's a little more psycho than he already is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I don't, so maybe, yeah, you're right, Paul. Like, maybe if he, when he messes with someone that's somehow worse than him, I I might, uh, I don't want to say enjoy it, but I'll get behind it more. I think. Whereas right like, now, he's like, just messing with Micro, and it's just kind of like, why are you doing that? <laughs> I think with, well, with him hinting that he's going to be a deputy director of the CIA, like he's going to be in a position of yeah, actual yeah. power. Then I mean they're hinting yeah. at that, so I mean maybe that that's uh, that's something that can't stand. You know, you can't we, we can't have this yeah. guy in real power. I mean he's already pretty powerful, obviously, with his covert ops. Yeah. Also, also he's a real Mike Pence looking motherfucker. <laughs> he really is. He really looks like Mike Pence. Yeah. I was I was um, when I first time I watched this, I was like, who does this guy remind me of? And then I was like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> It's like pirate Mike Pence. You just need to, you know, because he's got the one eye. He's a pirate. Um, The thing with Frank as well is there is inconsistency with him being, I mean, I think it is meant to be that, you know, he's he's not a good guy. But you have things like he saved Madani's life and pulls her out of the car. And you sort of think, well, is that because she's law enforcement? Because he does respect law enforcement. But then when he goes and gets the... Um, the guns um, from the, you know, when he has the big fight with the, the guys and there's that guy who's being held hostage and he just leaves him there. That guy might die but he's just like, oh, it's not my problem and it's like, well, he doesn't really have a code and Karen says he has a code later but it's not really. I guess and that's, that's why I get annoyed. Not kill him. Yeah. Because he killed everyone around that was going to hurt that guy. Like, everybody else is dead. So, True. Yeah. I guess his thought is no one's going to come and hurt him because whatever, and he, he can eventually get out. Um, hopefully, or he'll starve to death, whichever. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but yeah, because like, because even if we go based on what Karen said, he has this code, and that's why he that's why he saved Madani. Not because he has any interest in her whatsoever. He's like very focused on, I guess, this heist or whatever in this episode. Um, I I don't feel like that's a, a personality trait. Like, having this code, it doesn't make you good or bad. It's just, mm. here are the rules that I follow. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think... And so yeah. that doesn't make me like mm. him because he has a code. I think, <laughs> like, the, it's just like, killer. Okay. I think the guy tied to the chair <laughs> yeah. in the in the chop shop probably is part of the code, though, because, I mean, he, he didn't... He, he wasn't, yeah, yeah, exactly, He wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to be able to kill... He wasn't going to be able to kill Frank, so he wasn't a threat. But you don't get tied to a chair in a chop shop when you're out walking your dog. He was definitely yeah. you know, not a good guy. That yeah. guy has a name, by the way. His name is Wilcox. Nope. <laughs> just, just for Wilcox. That's what he said sometimes. <laughs> Wilcox I, did you... peed himself. I don't care if he has justice. Yeah. 
I just I don't I don't trust Frank Castle's fucking code. Like no. the Jigsaw <laughs> Killer has a code on how he kills people. He doesn't like, kill people. Uh, he just you know makes people kill themselves or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I I like I do like fuck Frank Castle. Fuck this code. No, that's not. No, you can't kill people. It's it's not simple. You can't kill people. Let's just. This start. is why I get very frustrated, and we'll get to it later with Karen. <laughs> and listeners will know why, but we'll we'll discuss that when we get in a bit to Karen, um, because it all is to do with codes and things. Um, but the fucking nightmare of a character. <laughs> she has become a nightmare character. I know we'll talk about her later, but yeah, I'm not. I wasn't a fan with her. Toward the oh, end of second I season wanted to of Daredevil. About, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Daredevil and Defenders. I know both me and yeah. you, Tammy, had major issues with Karen. Um, but I wanted to, uh, to talk about some of the things I liked in this episode. Because I want okay. to be positive. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I really <laughs> loved the um, the chase scene, obviously, from this. I like that Micro and um, Frank come up with this plan, obviously, with the cars and everything. So they go to this place to steal the cars. But then they do they they get this plan together and it ends up in this um, car chase with Frank and uh, um, Madonna. But I love I love that car chase. It was so good. And I love that it was silent and you know they weren't like if it was a Fast and Furious movie they'd be quipping all the way. And I know uh, Brad and Tammy you would love that because you love Fast and Furious movies. But I liked that it was silent and it was just them driving and it was really intense. Um, I enjoyed that. I, I could use a good quip. I could use a fucking quip. <laughs> you need like uh, Vin Diesel to pop in. What about the quips about um, when uh, Frank was jealous of micro sandwich, Brad? <laughs> I, I will say that was maybe a highlight. <laughs> that that was, was one sexy hilarious. looking sandwich. <laughs> I just like that micro even takes the time to like make him his little tuna mix and hand it to him. <laughs> Oh, is that what it was? Was it tuna? I uh, think so, right? Was it like a bag of yeah. tuna? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen that before, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bag tuna. Oh, yeah. Trust. Oh, I know bag tuna. Yeah, I, was like, I thought it was like some kind of powder food or something. I was so grossed out. I was like, ugh. Oh, that's horrible. But Frank, you're an idiot. Have you not looked in the fridge once at Micro's place? Why aren't you buying groceries and contributing to the, you know, the housekeeping? Well, they're almost out of <laughs> milk, place right? you're <laughs> That just shows what a terrible person he is. <laughs> I mean, look, you're basically a married couple. You're a micro. You've yeah. got to get some food. You've got to get milk for the fridge and, you know, other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like... But that, that sandwich looked amazing. Yes. <laughs> I, I like the car chase. I like the idea of a heist. I just... And this is my issue with... Except for Defenders, all of the Marvel series have way too many episodes. Oh, yeah. And so they just have episodes where it's like, what was the... I mean, I guess there was some good stuff, but what was the point of that episode? I'm not sure. And that's what I'm feeling with this episode. It's like, yeah, there were some fun things, but it could have been tighter. And then, I don't... I, I, I really mean, wish I'm, I'm sure there's going to be more. Eight yeah. I, I mean, really like, this, this is one of at least three to four filler episodes I'm sure I'm going to see, so... So that's yeah. fine. I know what I'm in for. I got it. I mean, I like I, what, one thing that I enjoyed about the 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 heist aspect, or at least the uh, the the, mm-hmm. the logic of it, was that uh, you know we're, he's not gonna he's not gonna steal guns from a from a law abiding shop owner. 
uh, he's going to steal them from criminals. And then when it turns out that they're actually, you know, the the buyer is the is Department of Home, Homeland Security. Micro really has seems to have a hard time deciding to mm. keep going on it. Yeah, because they're you know they're not yeah. just screwing over criminals selling criminals. They're they're screwing over a uh, an actual uh, bust. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. in that sense, where is where's Frank's code then? Yeah, Frank is like well, he's still going to get the guns. So I guess you know. I mean, yeah. Micro is Micro is having a hard time deciding to be part of the heist and to, to screw over the D- DHS. Yeah. Well, because he also used to be government. Micro, yeah. he was NSA. Wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know. Um. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, like even in Daredevil season two, when Frank was getting his guns and stuff there, and he was buying them. He only, like, screwed the guy over in the shop, I think, when the guy, it was revealed, like, he was a criminal or something. I can't remember exactly what happened, you know. But before that, he was, like, perfectly willing to pay for everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't get where his code is for this because he, he respects police, but he's still going to get these guns. I guess it's all about the greater good for him, isn't mm-hmm. it? And they go into the greater good with Madani as well. But Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, that that pretty much is that episode. It's episode four. But yeah, episode I mean, there's... five is, you know, there's all about um, him looking for Gunner, obviously. Go on, Tammy. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, like, um, the only other thing is that we have the whole thing where Sarah calls Frank, um, I guess, what, to go sign paperwork or something, and then mm-hmm. he goes, he fixes the car, he meets the daughter, and, like, starts hanging out with the daughter which <laughs> i guess it's just what reminds him of his his kids i guess yeah it felt like he was operating yeah. on a couple of levels really you know it was, he was like oh it's a family yeah. and i don't i don't get to have a family anymore and micro can't have his family but i can i you know i can bond he, so he so he bonds with leo <laughs> Fixes the headlight, does the uh, the garbage disposal, and and meanwhile Zach yeah. Zach is there doing the uh, I got a problem with my mom's new boyfriend thing, and Leo is like, oh, I'm gonna fix you guys up, and it's... yeah, and I, I I think the um what I did like with Sarah in that scene, are, are we splitting Sarah out? We're just kind of talking about her in general. That's right? fine. We can talk. Within, I mean, between, her scenes are between all her time, and so, exactly, yeah. yeah um, the whole time. thing with uh, where. Frank says, oh, I'm sorry your old man let you down, which I thought was shitty to say. Yeah. But again, I, but it's him messing with Micro. Yeah, was he talking for like, to her or was he talking to him? Oh, he was, he, because he He's knows totally Micro, sees, Micro Yeah, he sees and hears yeah. everything. So he says that, but I do like that she goes off on Frank. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it Because I, I do feel like a lot of TV tropes just have the girl go, oh, you're right, I shouldn't have listened to that stupid man. <laughs> You know, and in this case, she's like, no, that was my husband, and I loved him, and, you know, you can't talk shit about him. You didn't him. even know him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. that was that was good. Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, that's, um, I think Zach that's is a little shit. He annoys oh, me yeah. so much. <laughs> I. It's not even just the character. It's the actor. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know he's a child. He really irritates me. Every time he's on screen, I'm like, oh. This child. What if he was replaced with a Bichon Freeze? Oh, that would be even. Oh, would that be worse? I don't know. What if it was replaced by Jeff Goldblum? Oh, and he's like, "Hey, you're not my new dad, Frank Castle." I'd be like, oh, Jeff Goldblum. That show I would watch. 
He's going to be in the next Jurassic World movie, and I'm like, well, that's another film I can't go and see then. <laughs> I managed. I, I did manage to survive Thor Ragnarok, so that's something at least. So, so I can kind of see that they're you know they're trying to trying to work the the you know Frank has a secret that he he knows he knows what's really going on and everything, and that uh, you know he's trying to mess with Micro, but I, I get that the, that they're kind of working him into like. Oh, but he's also gonna, you know, fall for this family and think that, you know, he can be a, he, he sees this other life that he could have or something like that. It feels like they're gonna go that way. Yeah, I mm. really don't. And then, and, you know, and then you, know, I mean, and with, with the you know. with the inevitable, you know, revelation somewhere down the line that it was all, you know, all lies to begin with, and you know that whole thing. It feels very tropey there. Yeah. Oh, I've got to see. Yeah, yeah that is that's really tropey. Set, set up the relationship, but based on lies, and then uh, then actually fall in love or or something like that, and then uh, then it all goes south when the truth comes out. Yeah, I'm ho- yeah. I'm hoping it's just you know, um, what's his face, Micro getting back with his family, like him able to come out and say he's alive. That's my, we know my hope. What, how you feel about love interests in these shows already, Tammy, don't we? That's true. I, I'm not, I don't like love interests. It's too much. Yeah. Just, I don't just think they need love like interests. Like Madani and Billy have? Cool. <laughs> they don't need to have, uh, they don't need to be like in a relationship and then start changing all of a sudden after dating for a week. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's. <laughs> I don't think Frank could ever go back into like the family man, you know, the cuddly family man. He's no, way and, and too he's, damaged. Yeah, and he said he changed before his family died. Like they oh, yeah. made a point over and over of saying that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So in the second episode, yeah. we have the whole thing with looking for Gunner. Yep. Um, obviously, he like Frank still can't really watch the uh, the video of Ahmed's death. Which I'm like, well, Frank, you did that. You, you need to own it. You know, you were there. How many times have you killed people? I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, but this time it was bad, and he shouldn't have killed people. Oh. Like all those people he fucking murdered in Kandahar for. Oh, fuck yeah. off. So this is why I said uh, I think in one of the other episodes I love I love Gunner because I love that Gunner's just like. Nope, I'm filming it. I know it's wrong. You know, I know what we're doing is wrong. I'm filming it, and then I'm quitting. And fuck the world. I'm going to live on my own. And I was like, yeah, I respect you, Gunner. And then Frank comes along and ruins it all. <laughs> He's just having a nice, quiet life out in the woods. Frank basically killed Gunner as well. Is that what we're yeah. saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. But um, this bit, obviously, when he, he turns up, he... He talks to Gunner and stuff. But then we immediately get these soldiers heading heading there, obviously, to, to get him and Gunner, sent yeah. by Rawlins. Um, but, yeah, but Frank gets pretty messed up in this bit as well. Like by the end of the episode, he's been shot, what, with a crossbow bolt or whatever it is? The compound bolt. Through the yeah, shoulder, the he's been bolt, shot. Yeah, hunting. Ah, cool. Yeah, and... Um, uh, and uh, shot in the... I think he got shot in the side, didn't he, as well? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. They're still running around the woods. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy, like, how long both of these guys continue to go after being, like, shot up and stuff. Yeah. 
I think uh, the guy who plays Gunner is very good at acting as though he's dying. I know that's a particular because <laughs> he's properly wheezing away, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I feel like oh, this yeah. guy's dying." I I didn't understand how he was doing that wheezing like that. <laughs> I was like, "I can't, I can't just do that. That's amazing." Maybe I actually shot him. <laughs> just some deep, deep method acting. Really, really just uh, just doing that wheeze. Uh. Yeah. Just um, go ahead and put a hole in my lung. It's okay. <laughs> but I like as well um, the whole thing that Micro like freaks out about the previous episode. You know that um, now Madani knows that Frank yeah. is alive because obviously it might lead back to him. He doesn't give a shit about Frank. You know, yeah. it's he's yeah. worried about him and his family, which is of fair course. enough. Yeah, because yeah. I I feel like he looks at Frank and is like, you could probably take care of yourself. <laughs> but, uh, Where is he? Where is his little base? Like, what the hell is this thing? Micro's base? Oh, well, I I wanted to talk about Micro's base. Only, I have no idea what it is. It looks like it's some kind of business in a garage. Mm. But, oh, my God, I love that set design. It's so beautiful. I spoke to Lauren Weeks about it on Twitter because um, I was like, that set is gorgeous. And he confirmed he didn't... Um, work on this show i guess because there's so many uh, shows running at the same time so this was a colleague of his but i i love that set design i love how you've got like those little two little almost like rounded offices either side with these yeah. curve shapes but then you've got like the um the shattered glass as well so you've got these sharp shapes like against so, the cu- the curve this is my artiness coming out i love i love that set design the way it looks i think it's beautiful when did he set that up like I don't know. At the same time he put the... Well, this is the thing. Did he put the cameras in his house? Like I think Nutty was saying. Did he yeah. put the cameras in his house before or after he fake died? <laughs> like, did I he mean, have this little layer before or after? And yeah. again, is that camera behind his eyeballs in the picture? <laughs> is what I really want to know. The yeah. most important question. <laughs> Maybe Lauren Weeks could tell us. <laughs> <laughs> his, his colleague probably could. I'll have yeah, to see yeah. if I can ask him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Frank Frank is like in the woods. He's like, oh, I'll go and get help, Gunner. And I was like, you ain't getting help for anyone, Frank. You're yeah. losing all the blood. Yeah. Uh, I, and also, I just thought, like, I don't think it took him that long to get out to Gunner. Like, how far away is he? Yeah. Well, it looks that when he arrives, the sun's already starting to set. Yeah. And then it's all yeah. the fight takes place like a dusk and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. So Gunner didn't like actually like full on die on screen, right? So I mean, some people say if you don't see him die on screen, that they're not they're not definitely dead. He's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't die on screen. No, he didn't die on screen. I uh, know. And that that, that that's the uh, the whole cop. He's fine. That's the cop out there using <laughs> Stranger Things that I that I don't like either. It's like that guy was dead. <laughs> He didn't die on screen, but yeah. that guy's dead. And they're saying, no, no, not yeah. dead. Yeah. Uh, that guy's dead. <laughs> Gunner's gun is fine. Gunner. I mean, uh, Micro didn't pick him up in his little van. So, I mean, he's still <laughs> in the woods, but he's fine. All right. His emergency vehicle van. I respe- where he's I respect your expert status at telling us that you don't know if he's dead or not. <laughs> <laughs> I do know. I'm just not telling you. <laughs> Um, we also learned bit, about, we, go ahead, sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say the bit as well where Frank's running around the woods, like killing everyone. 
and he grabs the soldier and he um, says into the camera and he threatens Rawlins. Yeah. That was from one of the early um, Punisher promos for the show. Um, when you didn't know like who he was shouting at or what the circumstances were, were. that was in like one of the early um, found footage uh, promos for the show. So that was pretty cool. I'm sure I watched it, and I guarantee you, I did not remember that. At all. <laughs> I certainly didn't know he was yelling at Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah. You'll never be president. Mother, mother, uh, my wife Frank Castle is upset with us. Oh, man. Yikes. <laughs> that makes him like a hundred times creepier. I, I will say, spoilers for the Justice League movie, which I saw. Um, but there's a certain character in that that keeps calling something mother. And I did think about Mike Pence. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many jokes being played. So Mike Pence technically is the villain in Justice League. Amazing. Um, oh, that so so the whole thing with Gunner is like, he switched over because he saw like the most terrible thing. And I want to make sure like, this is what he says he saw. He saw them take a dead body and then shove drugs into yeah. it. Is that yeah, what he said? Yep. Cor- corpse drug me. Oh like. my God. That's so horrific. I like just couldn't, my brain couldn't wrap itself around <laughs> what they were talking about. Yeah. Like, he was going to the mortuary to pay respects. Cause oh. the ki- it was like a kid who lent him his knife. And then, um, yeah, and uh, they were they were shoving the drugs in this guy, like. Oh my God, that's just horrific! Yeah. And he said it was. Yeah. He said it was in the room with the with the with the dead drug mule kid was uh, Bennett, the guy who ran the ran the mortuary, Agent Orange, and Schoonover. The, the Colonel. And Schoonover. No, 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 I don't think he said Schoonover was in there. He said it was the Colonel. I oh, put the it Colonel's not Schoonover. Um, I don't. I don't uh, no, he said rank. the name of the Colonel. It was. Oh, I think he was a colonel as well, but it, he did. He said the name. Let me have a look. Um, it was Bennett, Orange, and 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 it's someone else. I thought, but I think it was just Bennett and Orange. Okay. Yeah, Colonel Bennett and Agent okay. Orange. Yeah, that's so. I don't know who Bennett was. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's so horrible. Yeah, we're just like. I'm glad we didn't see a flashback of that. No, no. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, I and then, imagine them like I know it's really dark, but I'd imagine them like sticking this dead soldier for like an airport security thing and being like nothing to see here, and he's just full of like bags of drugs, yeah. bags in the X-ray. Because the, the way they made it sound is like literally they just opened up his chest cavity and just filled it with drugs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like that's what I imagine. Pretty much. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's horrible. It's so horrible. Well, they say the pop the the yeah. poppy crop in Afghanistan this year is a pretty bumper crop. So uh, <laughs> unfortunately, tying too close to reality. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, one of the lesser shitty things that um, the U.S. military uh, um, is would would do. So it's recycling. Good for the environment. Reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> Yeah. Including your soldiers. Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's All it's right. so bad. Right. Like, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. we got to move on. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't even like talk about it anymore. That's oh, fine. God. That's fine. I'm, I'm a horrible mean, person. I, I understand. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Micro um, taunting Frank with his sandwich, and also taunting Frank about the fact that Cerberus means spot, and he was on Operation Spot, which I did find that thing quite funny. Because <laughs> I think Frank like makes everything like it, it, it makes everything so grand 
you know, in the military. And Michael's just like, oh, no, you were in Operation Spot. Ha, ha, ha. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah, because it does, it's, they really are on, like, two different levels of the way that they see the military. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's. Yeah, so it doesn't surprise me. Like, Micro, that character totally would make fun of, like, what these operation names are called. Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, what did you, what do you guys think about, like, Micro now as the character? Because he sort of settles a bit more into his own role, I think, in these ones. Because, like, the first, last, two episodes last week was us sort of getting to know him when Frank's questioning him and stuff. I'm still having a hard time getting but, my, my brain around his uh, his giant voyeuristic uh, camera setup from his house, from his family. I mean, I understand, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, wanting to sort of feel like you're still a part of your family, and I've got kids, so I can get that, but it still seems way over the top for that. So, He's also got a camera on Karen Page's apartment. Well, because that's how we see that the flowers are in her yeah. window. He's checking the window, but it's inside the window, mm-hmm. not outside the window. <laughs> yeah, it's no tape axe on the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. X should turn up instead. Yeah. Of what if, like, yeah, they like pan out on Karen's apartment, and she's got the flowers, and the guy next to her has an axe in the window. <laughs> 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 That, that apartment complex is just full of spies. Uh, let's, just, let's just take out that building. But <laughs> but but uh, aside from the, the 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 whole camera thing, I'm I'm starting to like him just as a person beyond that beyond getting my brain around that particular trait. Uh, just I, I think I think he's. Uh, it's it's an interesting level of comic relief because he's not that comic. He's not like the the funny guy, but he's definitely a little mm. bit lighter than Frank, which makes him comic relief, I guess. Yeah, he's not a wacky lackey like we got in the X Files. No, no. I and, and I, I and I know I said this last time, but I really think he's a really good actor. Like, yeah, to play like up him. against uh, John uh, Barenthal, I I they paired them really well. Is he better than Wayne Knight? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look, Wayne Knight was in a film with Jeff Goldblum, therefore he's immediately better than Wayne Knight. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'll remind you again of my phobia of Jeff Goldblum. Wow. Oh. I mean, Wayne Knight is much more like Micro in the comics. This is a very different um, take on Micro, but yeah. I like it. I like this actor. I like him in the role. No, he's good. I think he's he's probably I, again. I think he's the most sympathetic character by far. Yeah. Um, I, I like. I just. He's got all this tech, and he can hack into all the things. I. I just feel like there would. There's got to be some way <laughs> that, like, he could let his wife know that he was alive and not endanger her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering though, if he also realizes that there are cameras in that house, or you know, or whatever, or maybe those cameras were put not put in there by him. And, and he just, oh, I like that. Them. Because <sighs> we do see Rollins later on looking at, like, everything. Oh, yeah. Like I did not even freeze. thought of that, Tammy. Ooh. I like oh, it. Oh, that means that's not the case. <laughs> no, well, I, I don't, I can't remember, to be honest, if oh, okay. they ever say All about right. the cameras. Like I said, I, I, yeah. I can't remember if they ever, like, make something so, of it, but I like I, this idea. Because then I think that would... I mean, I guess if we never find out, it doesn't matter. But I was thinking, like, that might 
makes sense then why he doesn't try and get hold of her at all because if yeah. he already knows she's being watched but again, if he's I, just a big old creep and put the cameras at himself i don't know <laughs> i think he has a great deal of shame as well because oh, he yeah. feels like yeah. um you know he questions what he did and he feels like it has put the family in danger and he sees what like you know <laughs> Well, it's he like he you know, didn't do anything wrong. That's what bothers what's, me. Yeah, what's crazy to me is like, and I I wish they had gone a little further. I wish he had like you know released tried to release this information like uh, further. But it's like he he tried to get the information to his superiors, and that's when they came after him. Yeah, he sent it to Madani. Yeah, through a s- secure server, and that they came after him. Right. So I'm like, I. What drives me I mean, crazy about it is is Frank kind of mocking Micro, but Sarah does as well. But she says, oh, he never got his hands dirty, but that was his in fixing stuff in the house. But yeah. then he's like, oh, yeah, she was right. You never got your hands dirty or whatever. Yeah, and then and, like, Frank like, and then, talks him into almost murdering someone. Yeah, and Frank <laughs> talks him into like running Madani, like yeah. nearly killing her. And I like the fact that Micro's kind of so angry that he got his hands dirty and like he's disgusted by all the the dead yeah. people in the garage when yeah. they're going to get the cars and he's like i don't know if i can do this and he is very relatable but it's like well no fuck you frank like this guy doesn't want to kill people you know that's admirable i, I just think it's supposed to be the hero of the show I, <laughs> he is in my book um but i just think like because there's also that scene with his wife is like when she's like trying to talk to him before he like you know goes before he releases yeah. the information or sends the information and so it's like they both know like you know how serious and what's going to go down they have an idea mm-hmm. that this is going to end badly i i just don't understand why it's not why it was just like i'll send this to someone uh, slightly up the up the chain of command like i i just like he's smarter than that like i think because she was on because she was in um Kandahar. She, she was, was in Kandahar. Kandahar already, yeah. Yeah, she was on the ground in Kandahar, so she was the the contact for it. Yeah, I think you send this to ten people at once, just to just yeah. To I think so, yeah. I don't think you send it yeah. to one person. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and yeah. Julian Assange is one of them. Like you, you put that out there. <laughs> yeah, you WikiLeaks it. Yeah, yeah. it's I don't I, like that's just it's it's a small quibble, but like I just I I don't understand because I also thought. Until like episode four, I thought his wife was aware because in that first, you know, the first time uh, where she's like looking into the camera, yeah, I was, I thought she was like, you know, like, like she was aware mm. that he was alive and aware of the cameras because like Frank says something pretty early on, like you've got to have somebody like helping you. And I was like, oh, maybe she's bringing him supplies or something. Mm. And they just have to, you know, keep this ruse up. So, cause I obviously, definitely like, uh, I mean, yeah. But, you know, like, as in, you sort of question it early on, like, does she know? But then, like, I, but also, like, he's, like, just driving around all the time, going on all these little adventures with Frank. It's like, oh, okay, well, he's not that much in hiding. Not really, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he, he, of all people, should know that if you get caught on a camera anywhere in the, uh, in the country, someone can cross-reference it and identify you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. By the way, uh, I was listening to an episode of uh, uh, awesome podcast, We Hate Movies, earlier today, which I know you listen to as well, Brad. And I like that they were discussing this portrayal of Micro 
um, and they compared it to like Wayne Knight's um, portrayal because they're covering, uh, they're doing an episode in the 2004 movie, and they were they said that the way they're going with Mike Rowe in this series is like he's an, a sexy Edward Snowden type. That just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really see it hair. myself, but okay. Yeah. No, not with that hair. Much. <laughs> you no, you can get everything. Make yourself a nice sandwich. You have a car. You park in your garage. You got all this tech, and you can't. Buy like a razor for that hair, like some scissors. Yeah, something need to calm that hair down. Like hack yourself together a scissor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that hair's not so, much of a disguise. I mean, I, okay. I I know that they did a flashback with him when he was still, you know, happily married and everything, and it didn't look that much. They still different. had the hair. Yeah, it, was it, was still just, there, so. it was just parted. Yeah. Micro looks like more of a fucking hipster than Frank Castle ever did. Oh, yeah, totally. And we get another hipster joke in this as well, yeah. where, you know, Sarah's like, oh, you look different. And he's like, yeah, everyone kept saying I look like a hipster. And I'm like, you don't look like a hipster, Frank. Oh, a beard only does not. Like, make they it. clearly wrote that before before they saw what he looked like with a beard. Yeah. If they were going to say he was a hipster, they should have, like, had him, like, have a little waxed mustache and stuff, you know. And a strange-shaped uh, beard or something. I don't know. Um, let's talk about Karen. Let's uh, talk about Karen. <laughs> yeah. Like Brad and, Brad and um, Paul, what are your thoughts on Karen? Um, she's She seems like she's all, like, a uh, hotshot reporter now, suddenly. I mean, I know that she was a little bit... She's Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, oh. The, 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 you know, going to the press, going to the, going to... You know, the public via the press is the way to go for this thing. Yeah, I really, I did, I did really enjoy her interview with Madani because um, it was like it was like back and forth. You could see the the power level shifting where Karen kind of begins with the upper hand, talking about the docks thing and the the exploded car and no police report, mm-hmm. and then you know Madani turns it around and suddenly uh, is talking about all of Karen's life and Karen's arms come in and she's suddenly like all you know. Mm-hmm tight in on herself and uh i, I really enjoyed that uh you know the chance. i i i like that scene as well i see that scene i was like that's where i turned on karen because i i like i was okay with her for most of daredevil um defenders fine like she, okay she's a little crazy about the daredeviling but <laughs> i was like all right whatever um but in this scene like it's like she just basically gives, like she gives it all away immediately. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, she yeah. cannot she cloak out her. at all. Yeah. She might as well be Sam Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> They're both as bad as cloaking their shit as each other. Yeah, yeah. I see. I had issues with Karen before this, <laughs> and you did as well, didn't you, Tammy? Yeah, yeah. I and, don't think as early as you did, but yeah. But what? annoys me is she's still like kind of on Frank's side and I just don't understand it because he's going around murdering people and he flat out says you know he murdered these people she's like oh what happened on the um whatever like with the cars or whatever that thing was and like he flat out says you know yeah he murdered them but she's still on his side like what? Why? Yeah. Because you? I mean, because you worry about him? Yeah, she killed. Because she killed you find him attractive? I don't get it. She killed one person that screwed her up for like six episodes of Daredevil. <laughs> but and yeah, she she's... worries and and fancies. Yeah, she worries about and and um, finds Matt attractive. 
but she pushed him away. She's like, oh, I can't have you in my life because you need to stop your daredeviling. Yeah. But yeah, she totally, like, I don't understand yeah, it. She totally blocked him out of her life, It's which is insane. Yeah. yeah. But Frank, she'll put flowers in her fucking window for him. I'm not I, saying that she will, like, you know, she, I, I think if... I think if Frank was capable of having a relationship with someone, I still don't think she would go along with that because I think she can see that he, what a mess he is. But she clearly does find him attractive. Yeah. And I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get why she's, and I don't get why they don't at this point, if it's that, you know, she starts crying, she's like, Oh, I look at you and it's breaking my heart. And she could say something along the lines of, I lost someone recently and it's reminding me of him all over again or something in regards to Matt, but they never bring it in regards to Matt. It's like, it's so weird. It's like this show is not connected at all to any of the other series. And it should at least be be connected to Matt because, uh, you know, because he was in Daredevil season two. Yeah. But I I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. Cause I could see if she had said something like that, Claire, like, you know, I just lost somebody and I don't want to spend my time with, you know, with you, you judging you I don't want to spend my whole time whatever. worrying about dead yeah, men walking or something, you know, like yeah. people who just have a death wish, you know, just anything. Yeah, or whatever, you know, that, that that's what she did with Matt and she doesn't want to repeat her mistake or something. But that's not what they do. And... Sorry if this is anyone's quote, but she's with Madani <laughs> and she's like decent, honest. He had a he had a code and a sense of honor. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. That that line yeah. there when she said that, yeah. I was like, Karen, get the hell out of here. <laughs> because then she admires him for that decent, yeah. honest. He had the, or he had a you know, yeah. but. I don't understand it because I'm like, well, and this isn't just because I'm a Daredevil fan, you know. I'm not like, oh, Karen, Matt, whatever. No, no. But I'm like, well, Matt had all those things as well. He had a code. He didn't kill people. Yeah. He didn't kill people. Yeah, he's terrible. But, Karen, you've killed someone. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. I mean, you know, it just it really, it makes it so hard to, to like this character. Yeah. It's, it's very I frustrating. I don't even know it all. And I just don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's just because like I already was annoyed by her, so anytime she said anything, I was like, "Whatever, Karen, get out of here." It's 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 frustrating because I I like the actress. I loved her oh, yeah. in season yeah, one yeah. of Daredevil. I really liked her, but yeah, I don't like her being this journalist. I know it's kind of been written in for plot convenience. I I just yeah, I just don't like where her character went after you know kind of middle of season two of Daredevil. Yeah. Like both in her 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 job and in the way they have the character react to certain things. I just don't like it. Um, I do like that she's right now been in just like every other episode, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> because I, you know, maybe uh, later on in this season she'll be helpful or something, and that's fine. I mean, uh, yeah. Now, now it's, uh, what I'm cu- kind of curious about is is Frank playing out this on two levels with her with. Uh, you know, knowing that she might be an asset in the future is. It, I was wondering about the uh, the story he told. I don't believe that it was like a fiction or anything, but he was telling the story about his son painting the marine on the house and on the wall of the house and all of that. And mm-hmm. it seems like whenever he tells his stories about his family that's lost, it really affects Karen, and she really feels like like oh, you know, she suddenly starts crying. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So is is he is he playing on that? Oh. Is that is that calculated? Mm-hmm. 
He says the moral of the story is they're better off without him. I think that upsets her. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if he's like uh, you know playing it on two levels, where he's like you know he, do- he is having the reminiscence and remembering the story, but whether he's whether he's kind of semi playing her and keeping her in by telling her sympathetic stories that he knows will affect her. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if if that's it. I mean, I'm not. Sh- I can't tell, but he. I don't actually think he has <laughs> enough emotion to. To manipulate like that. I was gonna say one other thing that I that I uh, appreciated in the scene was the uh, extremely tentative little peck on the cheek he gave her. Like, he, like it took him like a, a half a minute to get to her cheek. It felt like I know it was probably not truly like that long, but mm. I appreciated it. And I was like, I don't know exactly. Is that a kiss of respect? Is that does he feel like he's falling for her? I don't know. It was like a very weird little chaste kiss, yes. wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. The, yeah. The, because uh, I was like, I was like, he's going in for a kiss. Oh my god, that's not a good idea. But then he just gives her that little peck. Yeah, I was, uh, I was like, I imagine Tammy watching that bit and uh, like tensing up and being like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I shut off. Pretty much what I was like. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> but the, <laughs> just threw a pillow at the telly. He was just like, nope. The fact that it ended with a little peck was was what made it. Worth it for that you know, yeah. the build up to it there. If it if they would actually try to be an actual kiss, I think that would have ruined it. <laughs> yeah, if it, if they just started like sticking their tongue down each other's throat, oh, I'd have been stop. like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I would have gotten a message from Claire that said we're not covering the pronunciation. Yeah, I would. Yeah, oh, seriously, <laughs> I would have just been like, no, there is no there is no Punisher series. It's all a lie. Uh, okay, let, so let's now talk about Lewis and I guess Curtis because they share a scene together sure poor lewis i mean nutty mentioned about the trench last week <laughs> yeah um i think i don't know if you forgot already tammy i did <laughs> even when i watched it i didn't remember so <laughs> that's fine <laughs> like th- this is not like someone needs to get him some help and not just going to group curtis you know no no needs to he see a doctor. way past group therapy yeah or not? It's not even group therapy. It's like a, it's a support group, which is different. Yeah, he's yeah. way past that. <laughs> like yeah. there's, he needs like medication. Like this is, mm, it's not it's, good. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not safe. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, and they're like even at Anvil, which we'll get into when you know when we talk about Billy a bit. But like, he should like. I, I feel like Billy should have like a. For, for the kind of thing he runs, he should have like a psychiatrist or something on call and be yeah. like, uh, yeah, this guy. Because the only reason because, he pulls Lewis out is because Curtis comes and talks to him. Yeah, and Curtis is like, he's going to snap sooner or later. Yeah. And I'm like, what if, if he's going to snap, then he's a danger to anybody. possibly Everyone. anybody around him. Yeah. Himself, yeah. Uh, you know, himself and anyone else. So he was that a danger to his point, dad. He went asleep yeah. like. No, this point, is not a good thing. I mean, like, I don't like, you know, to say, oh, go and drag him, you know, forcibly somewhere. But do you know what I mean? No, Maybe drag him forcibly somewhere. Drag him forcibly somewhere, you know. Yeah. He's yeah. a danger to himself and to other people. Like, um, honestly, his dad should have done that. Like, yeah. when he acts, yeah. almost shot him, his dad should have forcibly taken him somewhere. And he would have been within his yeah. right. But now they just kind of let it go, and it's like, well, okay, well, okay, fine. Don't forcibly take him somewhere, but you can't allow him 
to be back in some military-based environment. Like, yeah. what is Yeah, and even when Billy, like, rejects <laughs> so him from, from Anvil, he just lets him be out in the world. Do you know what I mean? And it's, I mean, he probably doesn't know how dangerous yeah, he yeah, yeah, is, but he gets told by like Curtis Billy, about yeah. the, you know. But Billy and like, Curtis can't really do anything. I mean. Mm, yeah. I mean, when he, when he did, his you know. dad would have been the best option at one point, and now there's like nothing. I mean, when he was actually at Anvil and thought he was, you know, still working toward getting getting in, you could see that, you know, some part of that was going to be good for him. I mean, you, you, you could see his uh, his you know his team effort and his like, oh well, he yeah yeah he helped that guy that that was uh, falling behind. He was like, no no, we can do this. We'll 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 work together on this, and that that looked like that could be a good thing. But uh, in the end, he ended up getting. They they told him to pull him. So I and mean, that impressed Billy. You know, like Billy yeah, was Billy like, was like oh. "That's that's a good that's that's what I need. I need teamwork." Mm-hmm. And I obviously this is where the show is too close to reality, and I've got to get the fuck off of it um, <laughs> because I listen like these fucking awful like um, mercenary organizations of paramilitary like former soldiers. Like, I I feel like if you join the U.S. military, which is the world's largest terrorist organization in the world, um, I feel like you're either going to end up, like, fucked up, like like this kid. Like, yeah. you're going to end up messed up, which is best case scenario, or you're a goddamn monster. And then you get recruited into one of those terrible fucking organizations. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's bad either way. Like, there's there's nothing good that comes of the U.S. military. Um, but like, yeah, best case scenario, you end up building a trench and acting like a goddamn lunatic. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens to the good people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like like, at this point, if he started digging a hole and like in the garden, if I was his dad and I saw that, I'd be like, right, I'm on the phone to someone, you know? Well, I, I think that's when Kurt came over. I think, right. Didn't his dad call him? Yeah. Yeah, but um, then <laughs> maybe someone higher up than Kurt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, but again, his dad was being so passive, and and I mean, I get you don't want to harm your child. You see, he probably hurts for his son, like seeing oh, him yeah. like that. But at the same time, like you have to step in and help. Like, and just calling uh, the support group guy, like, is not doing anything. No, no, all he really mm. needs is just a, he needs a buddy to say, hey, why don't you go to that hole? That'll do it. That'll fix the problem. Mm. Yeah. I, and, you know, look, I, I like Kurt. He seems like a nice guy, but he's he's not really helpful either. Are you yeah. saying a fishing <laughs> trip can't cure mental illness? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, like, it's not like Kurt or Billy could have done anything to help Lewis other than saying, you can't be here. <laughs> like, okay, I think that that's the best they could do. But his, I, I feel like his dad really should step up a bit more. <laughs> yeah. It's just, because uh, somebody needs to help this guy. <laughs> Because he's yeah. going to go off and kill a bunch. He's the next Punisher. Like, he's yeah. going to go off and kill a bunch of people. And he might not have a code about it. But he's probably going to be the one that kills yeah. his, his family, you know. Yeah. It's not going to be someone else kills his family. It's probably he, him. He's accidentally shot his dad. Like, whenever there's a scene with Lewis, I just, 
I feel so tense watching it. I can't. Yeah. I can't figure out. I think he's really good, this actor as well. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I just feel so on edge watching it, just because I'm like, I, oh, I can't. The way they've someone get this guy help. The way they've painted him, I can't figure out whether he would have been better off in Anvil or whether he'd be better off getting help elsewhere. I mean, obviously getting help elsewhere, but what you know, getting kicked loose from Anvil sounds like it's going to kind of kick him loose in more ways than one. I think he's yeah. a time bomb either yeah. way, though. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think you know, obviously from a. <laughs> From a standpoint of Billy wanting to keep his company, he's going to mm-hmm. have to get rid of somebody like that. It's not like he had a choice. I, his but... company is filled with people like that. Like they're like, I mean, he and just I know... doesn't know it because Kurt yeah. hasn't told him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I just like I. I mean, I. I. You know, obviously, you know, I'm. I'm. I don't. I haven't seen the rest of the show. I'm not going to see the rest of the show. But I like. I, I just got a feeling that clearly they're leading to that organization being something god awful because well, I can't imagine. Well, Billy's the bad guy, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. It would it would be so irresponsible to put a show out in this day and age and have like a creepy like fucking Blackwater um esque organization um not be evil villains <laughs> like yeah. um but those kind of organizations there's nothing good about them. Like, it's all about funneling money to, like, paramilitary organizations. It's bad. It's mm-hmm. every part of it is is wrong and craven and awful. It's the worst of capitalism and the worst of fucking American fucking military policy all rolled into one. Like, good people cannot be a part of that organization. It cannot happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and you're right. I think I, there's a lot of... Um, probably a lot of guys that are suffering from uh, post-traumatic stress and they're, this is how they, they kind of work. They, they're not working through that. It's how they're feeding it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're feeding it. Yeah. And I mean, the, 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 I, the whole point of the military to, I mean, there's a lot of different points of the military, but the point of the military, the way it works is, you know, you've got this structure and this structure is what keeps you sane while you're doing all this crazy crap. So then suddenly they're yeah. completely without yeah. structure, and he's he's like, okay, well, I gotta yeah. go dig a foxhole in my backyard. So, I mean, is it better for him to be back inside of a structure that is working like the military, like he's used to? Mm-hmm. Get a get a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't I don't mean to sound like, uh, you know, whatever. I, I it's goes deeper than that. The guy can't do anything. He needs to go no. get mental health. Mental health. But you know what I'm saying? Like you. If that's what you're missing in your life is structure, and I can totally see that mm. because that is the only reason that he was doing better in Anvil is because there was this structure and there is this, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're just going to go do it. Mm. And he doesn't have to think about handling his day-to-day life. Like, that's the only reason he was okay there. It's mm. like, you know, then, you know, what Curtis should do with that support group is help these guys that way. Like, help them get structure in their life. Don't send them back to some military-based uh, organization. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. As as, uh, as like as someone who has like depression has had depression for a long time, like in terms of mental illness, what I find helps and what I've heard helps over and over again is having a bit of structure. Because yeah. obviously, you need a bit of structure. You need stability. I think he needs that. He needs structure and disability. Of but do you know what? He needs to be not somewhere where he has access to weapons. Yeah. You know, where part <laughs> of his job is going and killing people. Yeah, and I mean... And, he needs and, to and plus, be way away from any of that. And plus, I mean, the, the military does does 
fucked up shit all the time, but these companies that are private mercenary groups are getting paid to do their really fucked up shit. <laughs> I mean, they're not, yeah. paying, they're not paying them yeah. to do stuff that the military does already. <laughs> they're paying them to do something else. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's yeah, and also, right. post-traumatic well, stress syndrome well, occurs for a reason. Like, you yeah. know, it's, yeah, it's you shouldn't be doing these it. things. Like, you shouldn't yeah. be... You just shouldn't be doing these things. And, like, we can say all day that, like, well, you know, these guys, these guys they're good soldiers, they're following orders, it's the people in charge of their problem. But, like, and I've got to say it, like, you cannot be a part of it. You can't. Like, if that means you go to a military prison for the rest of your life because you refuse to be a part of it, that's what you should do. And mm-hmm. soldiers, are, there's all this shit about, oh, they're so brave, it's brave. You know what? You, be brave and don't fucking take part in this shit. Like I, I can't. Like yeah, there's no draft. You shouldn't. They're, they're not draftees. I mean, sure. I yeah. Mean, I, I, it's, in, yeah. In theory, the in theory, they're you know poor and downtrodden, and the military was their only option, and you know that kind of stuff, maybe. But yeah, if you get if you know if you're if you're a kid and you get talked into this, and the second you realize, like first of all, I don't think it's an excuse. I think I'm sorry. I'm sorry to get on the soapbox. I've got to for a second. Um, cut it if you need to. Um. If if, sure. you, if you make the decision, it's it's a big decision, and we we're all like lauding people like oh you've made a brave decision you're going to serve your country, but if you don't take into account the realities of the fucking U.S. military, the world's largest ter- largest most powerful terrorist organization, I like I don't have that much fucking sympathy for you, and I feel like as soon as you realize oh this isn't great what we're doing. I, you've got to fucking, you've got to be brave and stand up and say, you know what? I'm not part of this. Put me in military prison for the rest of my life. Fine. But like, can't, you cannot be a part of this. And I know this is a dumb TV show about a comic book. Sorry. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the way the military right. works is we're, we're out, we're out, you know, messing with people. And, and, uh, I mean, I, you know, for the most part, just making things worse and making things worse. I think, uh, you know, there's a, there's a line. I mean, I suppose if the if the if the Chinese landed a bunch of ships off of the tip of Florida and were marching up the uh, peninsula, then maybe there's a reason to take up arms. But beyond that, I mean, that's not what that's not what happened yeah. in Afghanistan. That's not what's happening in Iraq. Yeah, and that or Yemen or Palestine. Yeah, and and definitely in this uh, comic based comic book based show, it's not what ha- happened in Kandahar. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> like. They were stuffing dead bodies with drugs. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, and, and I, uh, I I do feel bad for, like, a lot of these young guys because I think that they're manipulated because at yeah. 17, 18, when they're trying to recruit these guys, like, they don't know what life is. And some of them do but most of them i'm oh, teenagers are the worst sorry i don't like teenagers and they're gonna have one in two years oh, shut up i'm trying <laughs> to stop that i'm trying to stop that but you know so i i do feel bad but you know and like brad said like they could definitely once they can stand up for themselves once they realize it but i i think these guys are too scared or they're already suffering like Lewis's in this episode. I mean, and obviously, I'm not talking about everybody, but I just think that that is a reality of of some of it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I feel like my heart hurts for Lewis, and at the same time, this character needs all all the help, and he needs to be away from 
from Billy's organization. Like, yes. it might send him over the edge, but it's the best and safest thing he could have done. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, because there's, there there's no good outcome. There's no good outcome to this poor <laughs> character. <laughs> because his dad obviously is not stepping up to help, so. <laughs> oh, his, yeah, his dad. Like, I know, you, I know you want to hug him, but hugging is not going to fix him. No. You can Mr. hug him and also drag him away. Like, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, let's talk about Rawlins. Oh, Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. Mm, we find out who Agent Orange is, and he is possibly <laughs> the next Pence. deputy of the CIA. And he's Mike Pence. <laughs> and, yeah, and possibly the next president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I say something I find funny about the scenes with him? Um, well, not mainly with him, but we ob- obviously also get to meet the deputy director of the CIA, played by Mary Elizabeth Mastri- Mastriantonio. Oh, is that her? But her name's Marion. Yeah, oh, wow. and her name's Marion in this. And all I think of her is from Robin Hood Prince yeah. She's Marion. Yeah. So when they call her Marion, I just imagine Kevin Costa being like, Marion, Marion. <laughs> and it just makes me chuckle. I totally didn't recognize um, her. I didn't know that at all. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen her in anything for ages. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mainly I know her from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and The Abyss. Um, but yeah, but I, I like her in this. I think she's a bit um, naive to think that. Oh, you know, we're just. I'm just going to be the, F, the CIA director, and you know, nothing's going to be political. La la la. I'm a bit like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But obviously she says to Rawlins she wants him to be the deputy and does he have any skeletons in his closet? And I was like, closet? He doesn't even have a closet. He's got a whole country behind him of skeletons. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's oh, the CIA. Yeah, she's... Also, he's obviously a bad guy. Because, yeah, it's, first of all, he's covert. He's a covert guy, so he's obviously got skeletons in his closet. Anyway, yeah, also, have you seen his eye? He's clearly a villain in a comic book. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It's, it was really weird because she was like, you know, I, I, I think you should be my deputy and and do you have any skeletons? And yet she also said, you know, you've you've had su- such a great cr- case record with Covert Ops. And I think she knows what's going on in yeah. Covert Ops then, doesn't she? She would have to. So isn't, isn't, isn't uh, Covert Ops full of skeletons? Would, yeah. yeah. And also, if yeah. you have to ask somebody if they've got skeletons, yes. then you know that they've got skeletons. Yeah. And also, if you have to ask somebody if they have skeletons and they're in covert ops, then they are shitty at covert ops. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, he's a creeper, man. He is oh. creepy, dude. Yeah, when he's just sitting there with all like all the cameras on his soldiers. And I mean, I'm guessing it's not the. I'm guessing the cameras aren't linked to their heartbeats or anything, you know. So as soon as they die, the cameras go dead. I'm assuming it's just him closing the cameras, like so. You know, he gets down to stupid. He's just so, like, oh, it's just awful. He's just so blasé about it, you know. And he he yeah. doesn't care about any of these people. I mean, no, to him, they might as well like actually be toy, like physically toy soldiers. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. even even seeing them, the seeing them go down left and right. The only yeah. time he reacts yeah, is he seeing care. Frank. It's the yep. only reaction he yeah. makes. They, oh, yep. Oh, that one's dead. Okay, that one's dead. Okay, Frank. Oh shit, that's the first yeah. thing mm-hmm. he does. Might as well be playing Call of Duty. It's awful. Mother, I'm going to be watching my soldier feeds. <laughs> Could you please bring me a warm milk? Thank you, mother. Uh, no. <laughs> oh. 
oh, you know, well, you know, if you don't have Mike Pence, then you've always, always got uh, Paul Ryan, guys. Uh. <laughs> We're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. yeah. It's over, guys. Yeah. It's over. Sorry, guys. You can all move to England. It's fine. Hey, we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna clone Jeremy Corbyn's. What we're gonna do, Claire? Yes, do it. Oh, we can uh, always rest our hopes on it. the Democrats. We've got people like Al Frank. Oh wait, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Um, um, anyway, uh, I do. I did like uh, not. It was when he was watching the soldiers go down, but when Frank is hiding in the leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it I made me laugh that. It's so, so hard when he just like Surprise! comes out of the leaves, and how that guy didn't hear all the leaves moving around. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see the scene where Frank's covering himself in leaves. I know, because <laughs> <laughs> he had to do it quick. I don't know yeah. how he got after all those leaves so quick. Oh man, yeah, that was great. I loved it. <laughs> so yeah, Rawlins is a creep. Yeah, he's a creeper and a half. Okay. Let's talk about Madani. Sure. Madani is a badass. <laughs> I <laughs> love her. She does her driving like Steve McQueen. Oh, she's awesome. I love and her. And then she gets hit by a van. <laughs> and then she's hit hit on a by Billy. Hell yeah. Yeah. What did you think when that truck hit? Like, were you surprised? I, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. I think I jumped out of my chair at that point. I think I did one of these. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I'm surprised. I don't, exactly. I'm to the point. I'm to the point in my life where I'm nervous watching any driving scene because I, I always expect there's going to be a surprise car accident. Yeah, that that, yeah. that that car accident coming over the driver's shoulder while he's while the driver's looking the other way. Yeah, every time. Like it doesn't matter what I'm watching. Like I'm always I'm always just anticipating like something terrible is going to happen. I don't know why this one surprised me because I really thought it was just going to be the game of chicken like between her yeah. and Frank. And yeah, one that she would like, move out of the way. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't expecting Micro to turn yeah, up. I completely believe that Micro was going to continue to go to base like he was told to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. And I gotta say, but I love, I love. Madani. And the wrong Mustang got hit. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I know that. I know Frank was driving the one, but still, the, the classic Mustang is much better than that thing he was driving. Her, that was a sweet car she has. Yeah. I've got some trivia about that car later. Oh, good. A little Easter egg. I don't Christmas remember it. <laughs> I'm not a. Car. You don't remember your name half the time. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Other I don't reckon, I'm not a car guy. I don't recognize cars, but I do recognize classic Mustangs. So for some reason, I had a mm-hmm. I had a friend that drove one in college, and I'll I'll recognize that. Yeah. American cars are so pretty. I know they they'll destroy the environment, but they're so pretty, like classic muscle cars. You know, like the yeah. supernatural car. Like that, I love yes. them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, let's see. What do you think about um, Sam now, Tammy? You've previously predicted he um, won't last beyond episode nine. Okay, you can't say. You yeah, can't. I, I mean, yeah, I, was, I still think I still think he possibly might not last <laughs> past that. I mean, I, had, I, I don't know. I had a hard time there. You, you said supernatural, and you said Sam so close after that that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were discussing, I think, last week. Are there any like bad Sams in fiction? We couldn't think of any. No, and um, we're not counting treat. Samuels. Yeah, but he's not this Samuel. He's Sam Hain. He's he's uh, he's not. Well, he is a Sam, I guess. But he's the good guy, really. He's killing all those. Oh, yeah, he's he's a, he's a hero. Don't celebrate Halloween. He's the hero. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I did like uh, Madani, like, even though it ended terribly, she didn't know there was going to be a Frank involved. But I, I did like her taking over, like, the meeting from Sam. I felt bad yeah. for Sam, but it's like, I- I'm sorry, if you're not doing your job and she's in charge, that's her job to come in and fix things. Yeah. To make sure they go smooth. I mean, that's just it. Yeah. I need a scene quirky. of, of, uh, of uh, Mazzani and Misty working together. I really do. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, they'd be so badass together. They'd be better than Weepy Colleen. <laughs> Sam is too quirky by half for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need him to, like, calm down and, like, I don't know, just like... Oh, you said you wanted some quips in this show. I, I, he's, it's, he is a sharp, sharp, sharp flavor. I, I, I need him to go, like, to wash his face, like, calm down, like, I, I don't know, he's all, he's a little coked up. I can't. But that's why I don't think he's gonna last, Brad. I can't, I, I, yeah. He's, he's, well, he seems like the, he's like, he's always caving into something. He's, you know, he, he, he went to that meeting and he, he was like, I got this down. And then when she, you know, did all of the, you know, modifications and saying this is all going to work better, it's, you know, you expected him to maybe like be like, well, you know, I had this all taken care of and it was good, and and uh, he kind of backs down to that. And then later on, he he's like, oh, well, you know, if I get asked a direct question, I'm definitely going to answer, and and he backs down on that. Yeah. So I don't. Mm-hmm. He's a little wishy wishy washy on everything. So I assume I assume yeah. that's going to be his downfall eventually. Yeah. I just he's feel now, like every he's now every, given her a, a you know a, they've made a compromise. So he said, you know that he, he won't say anything and stuff. But she's only she's got a week mm. to find Frank Castle. So we'll have to see he'll, if he sticks these guns or if she won't show about that. That's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. No, really? Oh, poor Sam. He's he's so anxious Sorry, though. I I feel like every scene ends with him like eating tums. Yeah, like, totally. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's one of those like you know. <laughs> Like he should walk around with a bottle of milk of magnesia. Yeah. Just walk around. <laughs> so, oh boy. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and now that's how I picture him. <laughs> Every scene should end with him like shrugging at the camera, being like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> "Sorry, I'm late to work. My cousin Balky's in town." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam Stein. Um, I, uh, Madonna looked like a fucking mess. It was great. Like in the <laughs> in the opening scene of the fifth episode, like I mm-hmm. loved how they just made her look terrible under her clothes. Yeah, yeah she was bruised. So like, oh. Yeah, bruised they really ribs. did such a good job. I'm assuming some of the ribs were cracked because she had the the yeah bandage she, around her her boobies. Yep. That wasn't just for fashion. <laughs> well, she, well, maybe she was cosplaying as a guy and she's binding her boobs down. I've done that before. Maybe. Mm. maybe. It's quite comfortable. Then you're like, oh, boobs are a pain having to wear a bra. <laughs> just don't wear you know, it. it. makes it You know so what I'm talking about, Tammy. Uh, I wish I could, but mine are way too big. <laughs> I would have two black eyes. Well, in... don't go running. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, uh, and that's been boob talk. And I like that she called Billy for a, for that date. I was like, oh, I like that she let it go to voicemail. She's not like, oh, Billy calls me. I better answer. She's like, no, oh, I'm yeah. gonna find out what he wants. I was no. like, yeah, girlfriend. <laughs> and it's good. It's like to me, it's like this is 
she's not in it to have a relationship with him. She wants yeah. relations with him, <laughs> but not a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. My only other note was Madani butt. That was oh, was amazing. Oh my words! I love her. I think I'm in love with her. I just oh, she's I amazing. think you might be in love with her. I, I, oh, I had a dream about her. So I mean, well, no. So, so what I'm wondering though is is she is she taking him to the bedroom just to take him to the bedroom, or is she taking him because of his uh, connection to Frank? Because he's Frank's best. I think buddy. it started out as the connection to Frank, but I think she finds him attractive now. Because I mean. I pretty much very attractive. I pretty much said, is, is she doing this because of her connection to Frank or because he's so pretty? It can be two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, why not? I mean, they're both a, a, a beautiful couple, so you know, yeah. why not? Yeah, exactly. He yeah. knows she wants info on Frank. You know, he knows he knows all about it. He called her out on it. So uh, let's talk about Billy then. I mean, very quickly, he's hardly in it. So yeah. Tammy, how pretty uh, is he? He's he's super pretty, which means he's super evil. <laughs> okay, and uh, he's creepy as fuck with his anvil stuff. Yeah, his speech was <laughs> yeah. when when he is well, yeah, when he's talking to those guys. Oh my the, god! Yeah, that speech. I was like, oh, he's evil. Yeah. That's that's totally yeah. <laughs> yes. The whole new brotherhood. I don't like the whole new brotherhood thing, and I don't like. I did. I, I was creeped out as well with Frank calling. He kept calling Gunner brother. He's like brother. I'm here to talk to you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I don't know. I feel like it, you shouldn't have to say that to say like you have a close friendship with someone. You know, I just find it weird. Like, true, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when I met we met you guys at the airport in Orlando. I didn't go. Oh, brother and sister. No, that would've, I would have left you there. <laughs> You'd have been like, uh, you know, I said you could stay at my house, Claire. Yeah, I take back that invite. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard. Uh, yeah. I've, I've listened to a lot, a lot of hours of Ramjack. I don't think I've heard brother uh, expressed to Alex or or <laughs> Oh, Brad, please stop calling Alex brother. <laughs> so weird. Just freak him out. It would be so hilarious. <laughs> Um, well, I think we're we're done covering the uh, the characters. Then uh, we ended as always with beautiful Billy. So you know, go ahead, Brad. You had some. Oh, sorry, one thing I, I I would I would it would be terrible for me not to mention uh, when we do see the uh, um, the dinner scene um, with uh, Micro's family. Um, his wife is wearing the tallest turtleneck I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This is a very fashion cast. This is a Calavici fashion cast. I'm just saying, that's a notable turtleneck. Um, I mean, is that a, is that a design thing? choice saying that basically, you know, her, you know, Leo set up this whole uh, this whole dinner date and she's not making it a date? Like, I'm covering up everything all the way up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, she I feels vulnerable emotionally. Yeah, she feels vulnerable emotionally. So if she wants, she can retreat into her turtleneck like a turtle exactly or maybe she just wants to look awesome <laughs> brad did she invite oh. you over <laughs> hmm. um the only other thing i want to bring up is uh tony who i would think we're gonna get more of and i only recognized him because i was like oh that's ignacio that's dad from ugly betty because i'm in the middle of oh you ugly mean raffi raffi yes we didn't mention him his oh, name's yeah. raffi Rafi Hernandez, yes, Rafi. Oh, I wrote it as Tony. 
Yeah, I forgot to mention him. I only know him. I, I know him a little bit from Ugly Betty, and he was great in that. But I also know him from this really old show I used to watch called Bakersfield PD, if you've ever heard of that. Which, no. <laughs> um, it, I, I think maybe it lasted for like three episodes or something. But it had a, it was just a wacky comedy, but it had a really good cast because it was like him and um, oh, Hank from uh, Chris uh, Mulkey, uh, Hank from oh, Twin yeah. Peaks. Okay. And. Um, Giancarlo Exposito from Breaking Bad, um, and there was someone else in it as well. So it had a good cast, but uh, I, he was like one of the the, the really dumb um, Bakersfield police officers in that. He was super young in it, but he was yeah, also I mean, Ugly Betty's dad. As yeah, well. <laughs> I'm like that's obviously where I'm. I know him from, but um, yes, yeah, the guy that he was, he came. Is that Madonna's uh, um, mentor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so he, yeah, he comes in, yeah, and I like that he has mentored mentored her so long that he knows her mom, like, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, and is like so familiar with her. So it kind of, uh, I, I like the scenes with the two of them. Like, I think it humanized her a little bit because she's been I think, so I think ultra focused on think, stuff that yeah. All it is is about the cases, and it seems like the scenes with her and her mom I really like, and I like the scenes with her and this guy. I think this was also more of the reason why I was surprised that her, her dad is alive, because, yeah. you know, like, I, 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 it would be really easy for this to be like a father, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who stepped in as a father figure after her father passed away, and then when she talks about the car, and she's Oh, my dad gave that to me as a 21st birthday present. Like, I, I spent so long with this show thinking, oh, her dad must be dead. And then he just turns up, and I was like, oh, <laughs> it was just really surprising. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, we're not going with the Disney cliche. Cool. <laughs> um, right, well, that was the, the episode, guys. Shall we talk about some Easter eggs? Okay, please. Or Christmas cookies, mm. maybe? <laughs> mm. Yum, 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 yum. Okay. So for episode four, obviously we get the return of Turk, which is awesome. Um, uh, it was also noted; these are all from Den of Geek, um, as previously mentioned. In the garage scene, the guy, one of the guys that Frank kills, ends up resting on a pinball machine. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw yeah, him in the background yeah. when yeah. Mike was freaking out, um, which is is very reminiscent of a. Uh, an action figure and a deluxe figure that Diamond Select uh, did um, for a while back. They did a model of the Punisher, and then you've got like a little, you know, sometimes you get a little prop with, with the Yeah. And his one was a little pinball machine with a guy resting on it, like a dead guy, oh. just like that guy. Oh. So it's probably a uh, little reference to that, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, do you know the exact car that uh, uh, Madani was driving, Paul? No, I don't. I don't know cars well enough. I just knew that it was a Mustang. I, knew that- I have it written that it's a 68 Mustang GT, mm. and that uh, is the exact car that Steve McQueen drove in Bullet. Okay. And that scene where she's driving the car chase is a homage to Bullet, and Raffi even says that she goes all Steve McQueen, like in Bullet. So it's, you know, I, it's kind of cool. I gotta say- Obviously had like a, a fan of that film on the on the. Sure. Yeah, I gotta say, Bullet uh, is an iconic car, seat, car chase, but... Uh- yeah, they've they've made better car chases since then. <laughs> if oh yeah, seen, If you've ever seen Bullet, it's like, wow, that was that was the that was what they made a big deal of. Okay. Yeah, right. it's a good film. I like that film, but yeah, I mean, 
even like you know this year baby driver the cars chasing that are amazing and they're all practically done mm. uh, but there's been like lots of those well, obviously the fast and furious movies tammy and brad obviously but i've not seen we, uh, we've only watched the first one yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're, i mean we I assume we're fans saying. but yeah i know you i, I know you're fans they're, they're like the first one then <laughs> we're you in. know more about them than me you know that they're all about family i learned that from you guys <laughs> Uh, well, because they kept saying it. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta get back on those. I know. Yeah. So I've got one Easter egg for episode five, which is at the start of the episode when Frank is talking to Leo and they're fixing the headlight. The book they are talking about is The Life of Pi, because mm-hmm. they're yeah. talking about the tiger in the boat and everything. And then when Frank meets with, is meeting with Gunner later, um, Dave, uh, Micro is sitting, eating his sandwich and reading The Life of Pi, which is Leo's copy because Frank borrows it off of Leo and then obviously gives it to Micro. So he's reading the book that his daughter's really into. I thought that was quite a cute little detail. Yeah, I saw that. I noticed that. Yeah. It was cool. Right, those were your Easter eggs, guys. I hope you're nice and full. Mm. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, it's time for quotes. Brad, do you have any quotes? Because you're never going to watch this show again. So got to get right. your quotes out there. Um, I, I had this quote just because, like, I was like, oh, fuck you, Mike Pence. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> most Americans wake in their warm bed, suck down coffee with breakfast, and go about their lives. And good for them. They deserve that life. They deserve it not because they earned it as individuals, but because we earned it as a nation, as oh. a people. But not all of us get to take that life for granted. Fuck off. Uh-huh. I hope your other eye gets knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> it just knocked out someone hit him on the back of the head and it popped out like bloop oh no my eye <laughs> oh uh tammy quotes sure i've got a, a, lot, a frank quote uh might be hope for you yet spook oh i like that you called him spook he, i just thought like he just comes up with names for everybody i didn't realize this was a punishment yeah. characteristic spook, but... red mm. billy everyone's got billy the mute uh, Paul, have you got any quotes? Uh, you know, I've got to say, I've, I've got uh, two hosts on my own podcast that never give quotes, and I, but I didn't get a quote. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Sorry. Uh, that's the, you're absolutely. It's more more than fine. Do not worry. More for you guys. I have one from exactly. I got one from Turk, which is Greek stick me. Should a guest write with a name like Turk? Maybe they didn't know I was black. That just made me laugh. And then the one he said straight afterwards is Frank saying, you believe in God, Turk? And then Turk says, well, right now I want to. I was like, oh, Turk, I love you. Yeah, I've got micro. Uh, there's a dead dude in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I then felt bad because I'm Frank like, say, I, I didn't do that or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't do that one. Yeah, because I felt bad because I'm like, he says that as he walks into, like, all these dead people. <laughs> it reminded me of the um, the scene at, near the end of Seven where they drive to the place in the middle of nowhere and Morgan Freeman's radioing in and he's like, oh, there's nothing here, there's a dead dog. And then Kevin Spacey goes, I didn't do that. It reminded me of that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Just the way Frank's like, I didn't do that. It's like, you, you did everything else. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um, when does, I've got another one that Frank says at some point, but I can't remember why, so, 
Oh, yeah. It's when he uh, has the flamethrower in the van, in the truck. And this one made uh, uh, one of Alice's Rebecca laugh because he says to the people outside the truck, does the flamethrower, and then he goes, five seconds, you get really hot or really wet, you choose. And I think Rebecca said that was the dirtiest line she'd ever heard in her life. <laughs> uh, uh, I got um, a, a Billy quote. What's with the foxhole in your backyard, Lewis? Because I was thinking, like, yeah, yeah, what's with the foxhole, Lewis? Yeah. Yeah, what's about? Everyone should be asking this question. (laughs) Yeah, they should be asking a lot more. Uh, I like this one between um, Zach and Frank, which is when uh, Zach says, what are you doing here? And Frank says, I'm baking a cake. (laughs) That just made me laugh. Right, now it's time to rate these episodes. Yes, Brad, we rate on this show. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What would you like to give episode four, Brad? uh, Episode four, uh, I I really, really don't like this show. Um, Episode four especially, I'm, I'm out. I mean, I was almost at a three, but uh, four did me in. I, uh, I'll say, uh, I'll give it a two. Mm, a two. Okay. Uh, it, I, two. I have nothing nice to say. Oh. All <laughs> <laughs> well, that's episode five. Five was slightly less gross. Um, I'll say. Ah. Uh, I'll say three and a half. Uh, three and a half generous ratings. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Paul, what about you? Um, I, I, I uh, am somewhat the opposite. I, I also felt like three was pulling me way down. Yeah, episode three was pulling me way down. But I really start uh, for some reason that maybe I was watching closer to do the uh, to do the reviews, but. Uh, I really thought that that uh, four had a lot of uh, you know really good character work and some interesting action and I always love a heist heist scene for just about anything, especially a heist scene that doesn't go quite right, which is uh, how a good heist <laughs> scene should work. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give this high. I'll give it high. I'll give it eight out of ten. Uh, Giorgio Moroder classics. Nice. Uh, um, okay. What about episode five? Episode five. Um, Again, I thought it was a really good mix uh, between some uh, some good drama and some good action. There was the uh, the extended firefight at the end was a you know killer be killed situation, so it was a little bit less you know cloudy than uh, than the action scenes in uh, in episode three because it was pretty much you know I mean I the, mm-hmm. I you know for a second I paused and was like okay well who are these guys and and do they deserve to get killed? But if, obviously if their their orders are to go in and kill these guys, then you got to you got to do what you got to do, I guess. But uh, I'm going uh, eight out of ten unshared sandwiches. Tammy <laughs> uh, Sam. Uh, okay, yeah, I episode I four. Didn't, yeah, episode four. Um, <laughs> the more we talked about it, the less I liked it. But because I, I honestly, <laughs> I didn't know what the point of the heist was. Um, and then when I found out that it was just to get the guns, that really irritated me. So. Um, but I, I mean, I like a heist and I like a car chase, so it's getting points for that stuff. Uh, but that's about it. So I'm going to give it five out of ten black belts with carrots and sticks. And then, uh, 
episode five. Um, yes. And episode five. Yeah, so episode five, I liked a lot better. Um, I really like Gunner. I'm sad to see him go. Um, uh, I feel bad for Micro, like, the more and more he's getting he involved. Died. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Rollins is, <laughs> is creepier the more I think of him as Mike Pence. Uh, so I oh. give it eight out of ten secret sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give episode four a six out of ten soggy trench. I'm going to give episode five I liked. I liked uh, episode. her and Billy together. It was so hot. It was beautiful. I loved it. Um, and I liked all the stuff with Gunner. Um, Gunner is awesome. Yeah, and I just enjoyed it a lot more. So I'm going to give that one an eight out of ten sandwiches of jealousy. Well, we're keying, keying in on sandwiches. Because I, <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that sandwich and how he really just made Frank eat that stupid tuna. It just made <laughs> me laugh so much. Okay, so now it is time for feedback. Uh, we have a voicemail that I sent over to you, oh. Tammy, from the lovely Moira. And we also have a email from Sedna. And I feel bad because Mel is not here to do Sedna justice, so I'm going to have to try. Um, but I won't be as loud uh, as loud as Mel. So this is from Sedna for Punisher, episodes four and five. Hiya, lovely peeps. I did end up watching the lot and finding it more engaging than I thought I would. Would just like to say here that I love, love, love the odd couple thing Frank and Micro have going on. The sandwich bit in particular was very funny. Yay, Turk! Lewis looks like he's holding a frog in his mouth. And what's with Madani's convenient tip bandage? Uh, and that's it. Thank you, Senna. <laughs> it's a tip wow. bandage. Why wouldn't you wow. want a convenient tip bandage? Convenience in the name. One. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't know about Lewis looking like he has a frog in his mouth. There is a, an actor called Bern Gorman who I always think looks like he has a frog in his mouth. Oh, he I was in uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim and uh, Torchwood. Torchwood. Yeah. He looks like there's a frog in his mouth. No, so I get like what you mean, Senna. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about frogs and mouse. Uh, and we have a voicemail from the lovely Dr. Moira Brown. All right, let's see if I can put this here. Oh, nope, I don't have it turned up. Defenders Podcast, it's Moira with my thoughts on episodes four and five. So, first of all, in episode four, we have the reappearance of Turk, and I could hear all of your hearts happily beating from where I sat. I am sure that just made your day. Utter delight. Personally, I loved the scene where Frank jumps onto the top of the truck and um, the disco music is playing as a means of blocking the agent's communication lines. And first you see the passenger, I think, go out one door and later the driver goes out the other door. And mayhem ensues. The whole that whole sequence just was funny to me. It made me giggle out loud. It had a Keystone Cops kind of feel to it, um, especially with the bewilderment of the people in the chase car. That whole thing was just so funny. Um, however. The scene where um, Medino, is that her name, and Frank are squaring off and they're about to play chicken in their two sporty cars. When that was happening, I had a little voice in my head. I think it was Mel's voice in my head just saying, (laughs) 
this is dumb. <laughs> and I, think, I don't know, Mel, I can't speak for you, but I just have a feeling you may agree with me that that just seemed dumb and silly and pointless. What were they going to do? Ram each other? Foolishness. But of course, at the end, uh, when her car is about to explode, Frank naturally saves her from peril because he's Frank. And we know he has a heart of gold underneath all of that, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, the scenes when Frank is with... Uh, with David's kids, I really like those scenes. Frank has, a, he just has a great way with him, with children. And in fact, to the point that I looked up John Benthal to see whether or not in real life he has children. And in fact, he does. He has three little kids. I think the oldest one's only six. And I thought, I can totally see it. I can see you in dad mode, man. It was, it's, it's adorable. It's really, it's really sweet. Um, is it just me or is there something fishy about Billy? I, <laughs> I know he's supposed to be, you know, one of Frank's oldest friends and, you know, we're supposed to trust him, but I just, I get this hinky feeling about him, and I'm wondering if he was in on the heroin dealing the whole time. I don't know. Give me your thoughts. Uh, do you guys have a hinky feeling? Is this just me? I would like to hear hear what you guys think. Um, the kid who was digging his own trench in the backyard, yeah, okay, he's going to obviously come into play later, I'm sure, in some explosive sort of way, but he just kind of gave me the creeps. Um, I like Gunner. I get a kick out of Gunner. Gunner and his uh, camouflage <laughs> out there in the bush, uh, you know, shooting Frank with a, with an arrow. That was pretty cool, actually, pretty badass. And I, I quite enjoyed the drone perspective and that whole next sequence where, of course, they they said steady, steadily or one by one they take out their... Uh, little CIA black ops people that were coming in trying to kill them. I mean, good for you guys, you know. Um, so, yeah, I like this. This has some, um, especially the second episode, it had good pacing. It keeps me enthralled. And we are loving it so much, Rob and I, that we will be watching more this evening. So um, I won't be setting feedback on those episodes because I think that's the one I'm going to be guesting on. So, yay, I'll get to talk in person about what <laughs> I think. But until then, uh, I will, uh, you know, just pop downstairs now and go watch Punisher because I can't seem to quit. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Moira. We love you. But, but what about next snap? <laughs> what about the next snap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need you to answer about next well, snap, she's, Moira. She's gonna be on. I think she, she put it on the Facebook page, I think. Oh, dear. Oh, did she? Yeah. <gasps> oh, need to check. Yeah, okay. I think she said no, absolutely not. <laughs> I think it was her, her answer to that. Yeah, and Moira's like, I've tried many times. And it's not <laughs> yeah. <funny. laughs> it's, it's what she does. It she takes some doing. Does. It takes some doing. She, yeah. <laughs> she, she watches um, TV and movies and then tries these things in real life. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 yeah, we need a podcast that's ah, just Moira talking about says, medical uh, knowledge. She said the naps, neck snapping thing. Yeah, no. Have you ever tried to twist a neck? No. Human necks are bloody tough. They don't exactly twist like a screw cap. So no, 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 and no. Okay. <laughs> they just pop off like the ones out of um, World's End. You just twist the head and it just goes off. Yikes. Oh. Um, Wear a good turtleneck. Um, that's some protection. <laughs> Uh, a couple of points about Moira's me uh, message was um, when she said about John Bernthal having kids, it's interesting because one of the things he said when he played the role of, um, was cast as Frank in Daredevil season two, was that he doesn't think he could have played the role if he uh, of Frank if he wasn't a father and a husband. I could see that. Because he really, he really drew on that um, for his performance. Um, which I thought was interesting. And the other thing was, obviously, we didn't mention about Frank um, and Micro pumping disco music into um, through fun. the radio to distract. I I am going to think 
in my head canon that that song was Frank's choice and Frank is secretly a big disco fan because <laughs> in Daredevil season two, whenever he was in his car, it was playing Earth, Wind and Fire. I'm just saying. He's a big disco fan. Like Sedona Summer. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so that was it for this week. Uh, I'll tell you what we have next week coming up. So next week we are covering episode six and seven of The Punisher. Episode six is called The Judas Goat. Um, With Frank in bad shape, Micro calls on Curtis for help. Madani and Russo continue to mix business with pleasure. Lewis stands up for his rights. And then we have episode seven called Crosshairs. Uh, This is interesting. Lewis struggles with the ramifications of his actions. Frank and Micro pursue another face from the past. Madani and Sam go bug hunting. (laughs) Bug hunting. They're literally like, oh, look, a turquoise butterfly. I've not got that one. Add it to my collection. Yes, bug hunting. Uh, so that's what's going to happen I next. I think they're looking for I think uh, they're looking for Agent Orange's bug, I would assume. Mm, maybe. Maybe. And the Judas, uh, yeah, Judas we know goat's interesting. He's bugging them. Yeah, Judas goat's interesting. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a, for the, uh, the slaughterhouse goat that, that leads all the rest of the animals off to the slaughterhouse and then, you know gets to live because it's the one that they train to take them to the to the slaughter oh line. Oh, God. Yeah, but it lives with a guilty conscience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, Moira mentioned about, she thinks they're saying fishy about Billy. And do any of us think that, uh, Tammy? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an official Tammy prediction now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying yeah. anything, but I, I did say in episode one, I uh, when when I was watching episode one, I don't trust anyone who has facial hair that well manicured. Yeah, no, obviously not. <laughs> mm. He's uh, not a good. The least of his problems is that he runs Anvil, so <laughs> he's already a bad guy. So yeah, he's definitely a very bad guy. I don't know if he works. If he was in on the. Um, Schoonover and Agent Orange thing at the beginning, like I don't know if, in Kandahar, I don't know if he was in on that, but I definitely think he's like in bed with them now. So Ooh, yeah, he probably okay. works. He probably works for Orange now. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he, he did that. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, that's terrible. Okay, I'm not saying anything. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you, our lovely guests, for this week. Um, for, for guesting um, where can guys uh, I can't speak where can people find you um, online when you're not on here does that make sense yeah I'm going to go with it sure name one uh, of it's very late uh, Paul where can where can listeners find you <laughs> elsewhere on the interwebs well first off I did have a podcast that I finished up um, a, it's probably a couple of years back now but I definitely want to uh, push it the, uh, the Ghost Light podcast uh, which is all about an intro cast based on the television series Slings and Arrows, which everybody definitely needs to go check out right away. Uh, it's hard to find, hard to find, but uh, definitely worth it. Uh, but and then I also currently am on Idgitcast, which is an intro cast for the television series Supernatural. We're currently in the middle of yeah. season seven. We just finished up an episode called The Slice Girls. Oh, I remember that one. And uh, just before that, Time After Time, which was really awesome. (laughs) 
I can't remember what, what happened in well, time, time after time. Time after time is uh, uh, Dean gets sucked back in time and meets up with Elliot Ness, who is oh, uh, played oh, yeah. by Nicholas Which is Krychek. Yes, Krychek. Yeah. And then and then and then Kronos is uh, is Logan from Veronica Mars. So. Oh. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Anyway. Nice. Uh, cool. so, yes, uh, both of those can be found at quadruplez.com. Nice. Um, Brad, where can people find you? Um, well, uh, coming up um, on the Ramjack podcast, guys, uh, we're kicking off the solstice season by watching a grip of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman holiday <laughs> episodes. <laughs> um in the next episode, we got two Christ- two Christmas uh, episodes of Doctor Quinn, and the next week we're doing another one. So uh, buckle please, up, please, and watch some Frontier Times with us. Um, <laughs> it's Amazing. so it's shockingly good. <laughs> What's her friend called in that? Is he called Sully? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, oh, that's my entire knowledge of Doctor Quinn. Then I've just told you yeah. it's called Doctor Quinn, and she has a friend called Sully. Awesome. It is such a kooky fucking show. It's one of those. It's one of those shows that that you know. It was sort of back when when network TV was kind of what you watched at in the evening. So I remember I watched a grip of them, a bunch of them, but I don't oh, remember it's any. So of them. weird. I don't remember a single. And it's, I, I, name I remember nothing about it. Yeah. And it's so '90s. Like we're we're trying to like we're really whitewashing history and like trying to show moral lessons in weird ways, <laughs> but. It's just toned up and wrong and awful. Oh. And, oh, it's amazing. So good. Um, also, you can hear me with Claire and Tammy talking about some fashions on Calavici Fashion Cast. All the yeah. fashions. All, All the, the fashions of Quantum Leap. Yeah. And there are a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many. And then occasionally we talk about um, uh, Life Day in uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> true. <laughs> Another thing. <Well. laughs> Because it goes back to the fashions, that's why. <laughs> exactly, it really does. <laughs> you like might not know this, but the, the fashions of Quantum Leap directly reference the lifetime. <laughs> so was holiday special. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, great, guys. Well, who is going to take us out with an Excelsior? Paul, you've not been on the show before, so I think you should. I guess it's me, huh? All right. Mm. Excelsior! Thanks, guys. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial No Derivatives. 3.0 unported international license that means you can share it you can send it to your friends you just can't make any money off of it you can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site excelsior